Hello, this is Tanishka from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday the 12th of June. Personal details of people who registered on the Covin app to get their COVID-19 vaccinations have been leaked to private players via a Telegram bot, the News Minute reported. As per the report, a Telegram bot has been providing details such as names, date of birth, phone number, passport or aadhar of the people who registered for vaccinations on the government-run portal. The leaked data includes that of Rajya Sabha MPs and bureaucrats. The alleged leak could impact over 100 crore people who have signed up for vaccination through the Covin portal. According to a report by the Malayalam Manorama, if the mobile number of an individual was entered on Telegram, all their details would be furnished immediately by a reply bot. Phone numbers also offer details on more than one person as several people of a household are registered under the same number at times. In response to the uproar today, the Union Health Ministry issued a statement assuring that data in the Covin portal was completely safe and that the reports stating otherwise were mischievous and done without any basis. The ministry said that it had requested the Indian Computer Emergency Response Team to look into the issue and submit a report. The Bombay High Court issued notice today to the National Investigation Agency seeking a response to activists and journalists Gautam Navlakha's second bail plea the Hindu reported Navlakha has been imprisoned since April 2021 in the Bhima Korega violence case of 2018 and has been charged under UAPA In November 2022 he was shifted to house arrest in Navi Mumbai His bail petition was heard today by justices AS Gadkari and SG Dige. He had filed for bail appealing against an order of a special court which has rejected his bail 2 months back. Since the bail plea had been heard twice by the special court, the Bombay High Court also directed lawyers today to ensure that all dates in relation to the case are correctly placed. The special NIA court had rejected the activist bail plea after rehearing it on directions of the high court. In its order in April, the special NIA court had noted that Navlakha belonged to the Communist Party of India Maoist, a banned terrorist group that has attacked and killed numerous members of the government security forces. Navlakha meanwhile claimed that the special judge had erred in his decision to deny the plea and that it was wrong and uncalled for to assume he was a member of the terrorist organization. The attorneys requested that the court release Navlakha on bail and that the order be reversed. The Bombay High Court set a hearing date of June 28th and instructed the NIA to submit its response. The only remaining Indian journalist on Chinese soil has been asked to leave the country within this month according to a report by Bloomberg today citing sources the report said that Chinese authorities had asked the press trust of India correspondent in China to depart a Hindustan Times reporter in the country also left over the weekend At present only one Chinese journalist has been operating from India who is also awaiting visa renewal as per the Chinese foreign ministry's statements last month In recent times both countries have denied visa renewals to at least two journalists of the other country 
Wall Street Journal had reported last month that India and China were virtually wiping out media access to each other by rejecting each other's journalists. India had four journalists in China till earlier this year. In April, China froze the visas of two Indian journalists, the Hindu's Beijing correspondent and a Prasar Bharti journalist. They were allegedly told not to return to China. India's Ministry of External Affairs had meanwhile pointed out that Indian journalists in China have been facing certain difficulties. Earlier, India had rejected the visa renewal applications of two journalists from Xinhua News Agency and China Central Television. Listeners, if you spend some time on Twitter over the weekend, it is likely that you saw a viral video of Union Minister Smriti Irani ticking off a journalist, one Vipin Yadav. A day later, a stringer, but it wasn't Yadav, with Dainik Bhaskar, lost his job over this exchange. But who is Yadav? Why did Irani tick him off and what is his connection to Bhaskar? Head on to newslaundry.com and read the full story by Pratyush Deep and Avdesh Kumar. It is titled, Smriti Irani ko gussa kyu aya? The story behind the minister's outburst and the aftermath. Listeners, the reason we are able to report on stories such as these is because we don't rely on any political parties or corporations for advertisements. We're a reader-funded, ad-free news organization that relies only on our subscribers for support. So if you're not a part of our independent news ecosystem already, head on to newslaundry.com slash subscription and choose a subscription plan of your choice. Data released by the National Statistical Office today showed that India's retail inflation in May eased to a 25-month low of 4.25%, coming under the Reserve Bank of India's upper tolerance limit of 6% for the third month in a row. May's retail inflation declined from 4.7% recorded in April 2023 and 7.04% last year in May. Meanwhile, India's index of industrial production in April rose sharply to 4.2% from 1.1% in March. In its bi-monthly monetary policy last week, the Reserve Bank of India had revised India's inflation projection to 5.1% from 5.2% for financial year 2024. The pause on repo rate hike was extended and the key lending rate kept unchanged at 6.50%. Reuters had reported that despite heat waves across India, rises in food prices are expected to be kept in check by lower output costs as well as the government's regulation intervention to curb price hikes. The United States is planning on rejoining UNESCO from July this year, the cultural agency announced today, according to Reuters. The United States had earlier withdrawn from UNESCO in December 2018. The proposed plan to join this year must now be submitted to the General Conference of the UNESCO Member States for final approval. UNESCO Director General Audrey Azoli said that this was a strong act of confidence in UNESCO and its multilateralism. The US was a founding member of UNESCO and used to be a big contributor to UNESCO's budget until 2011, when Palestine was admitted by UNESCO as a member state. This led to an end to the contributions under the US law. Until 2011, the US paid 22% of UNESCO's budget or $75 million. In 2017, 
Donald Trump, the then president, announced that the US was withdrawing from UNESCO along with Israel. That's all the news we have for you today. Have a great day or a good night depending on where you're listening from. See you tomorrow. News laundry is possible because of our paying subscribers. We don't run on corporate or government ads. You too can be part of changing the news model. Go to newslaundry.com slash subscription. Be a part of the community that pays to keep news independent. For the smoothest news laundry experience, download our app. Watch our shows, listen to our podcasts, read our reports. Stay informed. Pay for news. Protect democracy. Save the world. Save the world.